What is happening, everybody? Welcome to Off the Rails, a recovery podcast dedicated to ending the stigma of addiction through open discussion on all things recovery related. My name is Mark. With me always is Dave. And uh, Dave, take it away, man. Yeah, we're uh, real excited to have our next guest on. She comes to us from Alabama. She is just over two years sober and uh, she loves hiking mountains. She's your sober chick. We have Anna on here today with us. Hi. Anna, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank and, you. Uh, we're really thankful to have you here. So, um, you know, while we do most times when we have guests on, uh, we kind of get them to share their story of addiction and recovery. And we hope that through sharing stories, we can help people that are still struggling. So, first and foremost, you're from Alabama. Have you always been from there? No, 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 no. So, I am originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I've kind of lived all over the place. Um, I counted the other day and it was like nine different places since I graduated high school. Uh, so I've been a bit of a nomad. Um, and I moved to Alabama about two years ago. And then I took a break, moved to um, Glacier National Park, worked there for the spring and summer. And now I'm back in Birmingham. <laughs> and yeah, it's kind of random, uh, but I love it here right now. I work at this place called Alabama Outdoors. Um, so it's like a local gear shop here and they're awesome. So <laughs> I like it. So growing up, you grew up in Charlotte, you said. Um, yeah. What was that like for you? Um, You know, it was interesting. So I grew up, I'm just going to start getting into all this now. Um, I grew up in a very like Christian community. Uh, my dad's a pastor. Um, I, my parents didn't raise me or any of my siblings to be like, well, they raised us to be super open-minded basically. Um, and, you know, growing up in that kind of community, just there's a lot of like performance pressure, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, so that made me very anxious and I struggled a lot in high school um, with eating disorders and stuff. That's kind of when my like first addictive personality things kind of started to uh, come up. And um, once I graduated, <laughs> I, I found peace because I found booze. <laughs> um, and I found that like escape from all this perfectionism. Um, and that was, the first like the first sip of booze I had when I was probably like 19 I was like oh wow <laughs> like that's what it feels like to not have anxiety you know um but yeah I mean growing up in Charlotte just I don't live there anymore I don't really want to go back it brings back some hard memories <laughs> so yeah that's why I kind of I've moved around a lot I'd say <laughs> Uh, your your struggles with uh, the eating eating disorders is that is that something you overcame on your own or did you kind of seek help for that and talk about it or yeah 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 I um it wasn't so that kind of community you don't nor normally like voice your what's wrong with you if that makes sense um that that's not how it was with my family though um, my family I'm very close with them so. 
um, we decided first to like get therapy and try on my own to overcome it. And I mean, it, it took almost like a decade to fully, I'd say, say I was like recovered, but, um, yeah, I didn't go to rehab or anything like that for it. Um, I just got normal therapy. Uh, my mom's a therapist actually, so <laughs> that kind of helps. Um, but yeah, um, it was, that was the first sign that I had addictive, um, uh, characteristics in my, in my life. I, I mean, I'm glad I've overcome that <laughs> and, uh, you know, other addictions too. So. Anna, one thing I, I've like already connected to is how you mentioned that, like when you first started drinking, you know, like you found the cure to your anxiety type thing. Um, do you find like the further that you progressed into addiction, it actually kind of had the opposite effect where it made your anxiety worse? Or oh, yeah. My God. <laughs> um, so like, I would say oh, it's hard to describe, but, um, I was constantly thinking about booze, you know? So that anxiety of like, where am I going to get it next? Um, I remember one time I was traveling with my dad and, <clears throat> um, we stopped at, in like a dry town of all places. I don't know why we stopped there. Um, but we were, uh, sleeping at this motel for the night and I was like, I don't have, I don't have anything. So I was panicking and I drove two hours out of the way <laughs> to, to go to a liquor store in order to get something to drink. Um, and so like, I don't, I don't miss that kind of anxiety. Um, you know, I've traveled so many places in the U S I've seen so many beautiful places and, um, I don't miss constantly thinking about booze in those places you know um it, it takes away from the beauty of life to be honest with you um and I always thought that it helped me with my anxiety but it honestly made it a thousand times worse which I'm sure most of you guys can relate to absolutely sure no so when you started you started drinking at 19 what was that yeah. uh was that first time was that first time like besides you know taking the anxiety away was it like all in right away kind of thing like uh, <laughs> or was it just no <laughs> um so it was like normal partying you know as a teenager nothing crazy um I'd say when I turned 22 is when it started to get very habitual in my life um I worked in the um, service industry. So I was a bartender um, and that did not help at all. Um, I made a lot of money, but uh, you know, everywhere I was, booze was so normalized um, and it was normalized to drink every day, all day. So that's when I think the habit of like coming home after a long day, cracking a bottle of wine, that kind of thing. Um, I think that's when that started to take place. But when I was like 19, 20, it was going out with friends, partying, kind of innocent drinking, I'd say. Um, and, you know, I think when I was 25 is when I started waking up um, and I would have like vodka with my coffee basically um, to help with my anxiety. 
So that was the main root of my drinking was, okay, how am I going to get through today? Um, I could be, I was fully functioning. So drinking from sun up to sundown, hiking mountains with like bottles of vodka in my backpack or like a Boda box bag um, <laughs> in my backpack. And I was just like, totally okay with it. Um, it wasn't until, so I was dating this dude um, and he was the first person that like brought it up that I might have a drinking problem. No one had ever told me anything. Um, <clears throat> and I was just like, okay, that's stupid. Like, I'm fine. Everyone else does what I'm doing. Um, he was like, no, think about it. Like you have an excuse to drink booze for everything, for any type of occasion. occasion. And I was like, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I didn't argue with that. And, um, you know, I, I didn't do anything about that at that moment. <laughs> I just kind of blew it off. But I'll never forget that conversation I had with him um, because, you know, even though I don't necessarily recommend, you know, one month into a relationship telling someone that they have a drinking problem, uh, I'll never forget it. <laughs> so, you, Anna, you mentioned kind of like the point that you got to. Um, at what point did you realize yourself that you had a problem? Was it when he had mentioned it to you or was it kind of later on? No, um, there was one morning, so I used to work for, um, this company that did like, uh, they were training me to be like a tree climber, which is a really random job that I've had in the past. And, um, one morning it was like 5am. I woke up and just chugged like an entire cup of, uh, this gross bourbon, <laughs> I was driving to work and I just started like crying and I called my parents and I was like, I'm not okay. Um, and I decided to get therapy <laughs> to help me, uh, moderate my drinking, which is really weird. So I would go to therapy and she would like, give me like line up my week for what days you're going to drink and what days you're not going to drink. Um, I never followed it. I told her I did. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, there were, there was a couple of days that I did. I was like, okay, I'm not going to drink today. And it did feel really, really good. But it wasn't until there was one random day. I was like, I had drank like a double bottle of wine the night before. And um, I woke up and I was journaling and drinking coffee and just I was just like mindlessly journal journaling it. And I, I wrote, uh, I need to get sober. And I was like, oh my God. So I told my boyfriend at the time and I went to that therapist and I was like, I'm getting sober, this is it. And everyone was like, woo, I was still bartending at the time, mind you. Um, and, you know, I, I was sober for like three months at that time. Um, and then me and that guy split up, I'm dramatic. So I was like, cool, I'm moving across the country. And uh, I found a bartending gig there. Um, and I went right back into drinking. Um, so now I realize I got sober for someone. I didn't get sober for myself. And um, that just isn't, at least for me, that's not, you know, the longevity <laughs> of it. And um, 
So I moved across the country in like a week, which was normal for me and uh, got straight back into drinking and other stuff. I was drinking extremely heavily at this point um, and hiding it from like my friends and whatnot. So people thought I was drinking a normal amount, but I was drinking like 50% more um, in the bathroom or, you know, wherever I would just hide it. Um, and I was amazing at hiding it. No one, no one ever knew. <laughs> uh, so then the pandemic hit and I was out of a job, um, which honestly, that was kind of a fun point. Like I was just like rock climbing all the time and, um, with my friends, but there was one day where I woke up just like super unwell and I was laying, I was living at this time too. This is super cool. I was living in this like off-grid tiny home and uh, I was just like laying there unwell, but, and I was remembering in my mind how it felt to be sober like six months ago or whenever that was, I was just like, God, that felt so good. Like it felt so good to wake up and um, just like feel good and not like puke my guts up. Um, and I was like, damn, like, I really want that again. But I, I didn't do that. I just kept thinking about that, you know? Um, and I honestly don't think I would have gotten sober again if I wouldn't have gotten sober that first time to know what it was like. So a few weeks go by and I'm still just like doing whatever, snorting everything, like whatever is coming at my way. I'm just like taking it. <laughs> um, and just hated myself. I hated myself so, so much. Um, didn't want to be alive. And I called my dad. I'm super close with my parents, by the way, if you didn't know, um, I called my dad and I was like, yo, I'm so messed up. <laughs> like I need help. And within 48 hours, he was there and like helping me pack up my stuff. We drove back across the country to Alabama. That's where my parents had moved. That's why I'm here now. And, um, I, I didn't get sober for like the first couple of weeks because I knew, um, how bad the withdrawals were going to be <laughs> this time because of how much I was doing and how much I was drinking. But I finally, one night was like, okay, this is it. I'm ready. Um, and you know, my parents didn't even know the extent of my problem. I was just like, so good at hiding it. So there was one night I decided this is it. And, um, like I slept in the living room. I gave my dad my keys. Um, and I was like, okay, I can't get up and leave in the middle of the night to go get booze. <laughs> um, <clears throat> don't let me. And I woke up at like 3am just with insane withdrawal symptoms and everything like that. Um, I just, I didn't even know what was happening. I'm shaking, puking and everything just horrible. And so I'm, it's like 7am at this time and I'm begging my parents to go get me like a bottle of wine. I'm like, this is, this will help me. I'll just like wean off of it this time. And they were like, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. So I go to my car where I had like hundreds of hidden little nip bottles of vodka. I collect them all. I go back inside and I'm like, okay, I'll just like there's little droplets of alcohol in each of these little things. I'll just start taking these and maybe it'll help me. That did nothing. Um, so we decided to go to the hospital. 
I detox in the hospital for 24 hours and uh, come back home. And that was it. That was September 16th, 2020. Um, and I haven't looked back since. <laughs> so We have the same sober date. What? Yeah. September 16th. Are you serious? I swear to God. Oh, my God. Mine's That's 2021, so though. What? Mine's 2021. Oh, yours is 2021. Okay. Oh yeah. my God. That's crazy. Yeah. Super we're sweet. sober. We're sober twins. <laughs> um, yeah. That's amazing. So what did that look for you uh, at that point? What did things look like? Uh, how did you kind of keep it together in a sobriety? Did you start going to meetings or uh, online or what did it look like for you? Um. So, <laughs> uh, like AA and stuff like that kind of triggered me. I, I tried uh, because my dad's a pastor and I grew up in the church and whatnot with all of my issues when I was growing up. Uh, AA actually really triggered me because <laughs> it reminded me of church. Um, and so I've gone to a few meetings. I've gotten better now. I, I've always told myself like, I'll go if like, I really need it. Um, so I honestly, I started going to therapy a little bit and, uh, my best friend actually got sober a month after me. So we've been able to kind of support each other. Um, and then I found TikTok. Uh, I honestly say TikTok like saved my life. Um, because I realized what I was going through is actually normal. <laughs> Um, and there's so many people going through the same things I am. So I didn't feel alone. And I just kind of got, I got a job, you know, I, it, it was difficult um, because I was in a place where I didn't know anyone. Honestly, that might've helped me a lot too, because I could just start totally fresh and totally clean um, with everyone that I met. Um, but yeah, I didn't do meetings. Um, I did a few. And then I did therapy um, and I did this thing called brain scanning, which is really weird, but it's kind of like hypnosis in a way. <laughs> um, it helps, uh, it helps place different triggers in different parts of your brain so that you can um, like find different coping uh, mechanisms and whatnot. So that's what I did. And uh, it seems as like when, even when you're using, you still like love the outdoors and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, do you find in your recovery, there's, you're able to kind of like appreciate it differently? Yeah. Uh, I, so a few years ago I was on this road trip and I was blackout like the entire time. Um, and we hit like the Tetons, Yellowstone, you know, we drove down from Portland all the way to LA on that highway one. And I honestly don't really remember half of it. <laughs> uh, so now like I can go places and just fully be immersed in that nature um, and appreciate it a thousand times more. I catch myself just like crying half the time. Like when I lived in Glacier on when I, whenever I hiked, I was just like, Oh my God, how did I do this? Like, without clear eyeballs. <laughs> um, so, you know, 
it's it's a really good uh, coping mechanism too for anxiety. Um, and if I'm ever just like my mental health just needs it. Um, so yeah, I, I like it a thousand times more. <laughs> I've had a couple of days lately actually where I've, I've, I've had the thought of, you know, obviously I feel a whole lot better and my, my, my physical health is a lot better, but like, um, I think back to when I was, was drinking, like working full time and, and drinking so much. And I'm like, how the hell did I ever do that? Like, I'm tired now, like just on a regular day. I'm like, I don't know how I know. body was able to do that. It's crazy. I know. I know. I think about that when I was bartending, I'm like, how did I control like hundreds of people around me while obliterated? <laughs> and like, I was good at it too. So I don't, and then I came back the next day and did it all over again. No idea. <laughs> and you mentioned that you were, you know, you've always been close with your family. Um, mm -hmm even like in your recovery, has that relationship or the relationships, have they even gotten better or have yeah. you come closer? Um, I'd say I don't get like, um, my dad, uh, like he, he told me <laughs> recently, I called him when I was living in Glacier. Um, I was freaking out about something and he was like, this is the first time you've called me from another place in the middle of the night and you're making sense <laughs> he's like normally I'm used to you just calling me and you're you know super drunk and crying about all this random stuff um and, you know so we've been close my family and I throughout everything um and I mean I get to appreciate them more now definitely um I'm not as selfish around them for sure. Um, I have a big family. So I have three sisters and a brother. Um, sorry, two sisters. I'm counting myself. Two sisters and a brother. Um, and I have a dog now too. Um, but yeah. That's awesome. What's mm -hmm. uh, Are you the oldest, youngest in the middle? I'm in the middle. Yes. Yeah. So I'm the, I'm the attention hog. <laughs> Anna, um, I don't, I don't have any more questions for you. Um, Dave, what about yourself, man? I had a couple of random questions. Like I was just, you know, I, th I started thinking back to the, uh, like the bar industry and we always, you know, we've had a couple other people on that, that bar industry and obviously how much alcohol is, you know, part of it. But I was just thinking about like the hours you work as well. And like, you're talking about like, is it almost like normalized to drink almost in your morning because you're up so late you probably get home from the bar, like whatever, four, keep drinking, wake up and it's afternoon. So it's like socially acceptable to be drinking now at two o'clock, three o'clock, even though it's like your 8 a.m. type thing. Yeah. So is that routine also very tough as, on top of everything else? When I was a bartender? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then. Um, it, I mean, I didn't, I never like felt that it was tough necessarily. Um. And the bars that I worked at, I worked at like bougie bars. So um, I worked at like country clubs and stuff like that. And so they would close down at like 10. Sometimes I would be there later. Um, the schedule for me wasn't really an issue. And I think I just drank <laughs> because I wanted to and because I was just like, didn't want to feel life, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but I don't think like 
the bartending, I didn't have a normal like bartending schedule. So I have no excuse. <laughs> and then, and then with your, with the eating disorders and overcoming that, were you, are you able to, were you able to pull in other similarities with your recovery with alcohol um, once you started with that or? Uh, oh, like those, I feel like the, it's difficult. Cause I was also so young. Like I was 14 when, you know, I struggled with anorexia and whatnot. And I, I didn't even know like what it was. Uh, neither did my family. We were just like, Oh, you're just losing all this weight and I like it and stuff. Um, until like, well, my mom knew what it was, but, um, I didn't, uh, I think when your brain, when you grow, your brain grows with you, you know what I mean? So I knew what I was doing, um, when I was drinking so much, but as far as the recovery goes from both of them, it's, it's so different because with anorexia, I had to like learn how to love food again. So I started cooking. Um, and that made me appreciate food, you know, for the be the beauty of food. And I guess here with, um, you know, the recovery with, uh, alcoholism, it's just like, you're learning to appreciate life, I guess, <laughs> in reality with clear eyeballs as i like to say so i guess there are some similarities i've never even thought about that until it just came out of my mouth <laughs> oh it's good it's a good answer yeah <laughs> and a question just popped up for me actually um you mentioned that you know you were drinking and you didn't want to feel type thing yeah um was there a point in recovery when you realized you kind of like feeling Ooh, that's a good question uh, I still struggle with it, I think, because I'm a Leo and I'm very vocal about how I feel as well. Um, and sometimes it gets so overwhelming <laughs> that like I just kind of have to crawl into a hole and disassociate <laughs> from life. Um, and those are the times where I'm like, OK, we need to go outside or do something. Um and that's kind of where I think also my, uh, why I get, I'm so impulsive <laughs> with like moving different places. Cause I'm trying to feed this like weird brain that I have. Um, but I am appreciative of learning how to manage my emotions. Um, whereas before I, I couldn't, and if I was drinking, I could just forget about them. Um, so learning the proper coping mechanisms for my emotions, um, it's been a struggle, but I mean, it's life. You have to learn how to control your emotions. I got one more. Bring them. I do too. Uh, so you, you know, you, you talked a little bit there, you, you journaled, you know, before recovery and you're a very outdoorsy hiking person. Uh, is there any, is there been any new activities you found in, uh, in your sober life or have you just kind of gotten back to the ones that you love doing? Um, so before I got sober, um, well, sorry, before I even like started drinking, um, running was a huge thing in my life. Um, and when <clears throat> I started drinking, I just like fully dropped that. 
Um, I was still very active. Um, I've always been active, but I don't know. I don't know why I dropped it. Like I could definitely still run. It's like one of the easiest things to do. You just like go do it, you know? Um, but, uh, over the past like year I've gotten back into running and there's like this, it's almost like nostalgic for me <laughs> because it was something that I used to do before my addiction. So like most of the time, whenever I start my runs and I get that runner's high, I just start crying because I'm like, ah, that feels so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I disagree with you a little bit. My my body would probably disagree with it's the uh, running. <laughs> well, that's easy. I mean, like I you don't have Dave. to like, have things yeah, <laughs> to do it. You just have to have a body and some shoes. <laughs> um. So Anna, what does the future hold for you? Any moves in the future? Um not within the next few years at least um so <laughs> i i took a really really good job uh position here with the company that i'm working for um and i absolutely love the company so my plan is to stay here for at least the next few years um and kind of like you know save up money that kind of thing i bought land in uh new mexico randomly that's another impulsive thing that's definitely in my mind just being like "Ooh, you can go somewhere if you want to <laughs> and I can like pitch a tent right now um so eventually I do want to build kind of like an off-grid home out there uh but right now some stability and whatnot is treating me really well <laughs> that is awesome thanks yeah, that's, that's cool. You sound, uh, yeah. No, that sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll be, it'll be a work in progress. <laughs> I have All to right. have money. Dave, any more questions? Oh, I'm good. Thanks so, thanks so much. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Anna, thank you so much. Um, for everyone listening, we will have Anna's uh, Instagram information in the description below. So if you or someone you know is struggling, please reach out and ask for help. Thank you very much for listening.